Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that changes in bacteria proves evolution. Is that a fact? Did your teacher say what she meant by evolution? Oh, Grandpa, it's in the science book, so it's got to be right. Be careful about believing everything in science books. Science books used to say the sun generated heat because of its massive gravity compacting it. But they changed that theory, and now they say its heat comes from nuclear fusion. But a book that doesn't change is the Bible, God's Word. It's never been proven wrong. When your teacher says that bacteria change, you have to ask her what she means. Sure, bacteria can swap some of their DNA around, but they're still bacteria, and they haven't mutated any new information. So why did she say it was evolution? She probably said it because it's in the science book. And it's in the science book because many evolutionists are so desperate to find any evidence of molecules to man evolution that they will point to changes occurring in the bacteria as proof that we all evolved from pond scum. But Grandpa, what about these superbugs? Did they mutate some new information? In the case of some so-called superbugs, they're mutated all right, but they didn't get any new information. Instead, they lost some information. And this loss of information causes a defect where the antibiotic would have killed normal bacteria, but this mutated bug isn't affected by the antibiotic, making it look super because it survived and multiplied, making the person with the infection sick. So wouldn't that mutation be good for bacteria? Good question. As long as the person with the infection has a poor immune system or other major health problem, that bacteria will do well in that person. But if those mutated superbugs are exposed to normal bacteria, the normal ones will run them out of town. So the mutation did not improve the bacteria. And for it to prove evolution, it should evolve into something else, which it has not. Instead, it affirms what God said in the book of Genesis 1.24, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, even the bacteria kind. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzwell, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. After changes, after variations, after mutations, bacteria are still... Bacteria. Bacteria. So where's the evolution, folks? Well, that's a good topic was brought up because at the most recent religious forum at UTSA, when asked what the evidence for evolution was, one of the panelists said, well, it's because the bacteria are changing. It's obvious. We've seen it. They change in front of our eyes. Well, they do change. Like Grandpa says, they can swap bacteria amongst themselves but they really haven't added anything new. They just essentially rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. There's two ways that bacteria can resist antibiotics. One is they get a mutation that makes a defect in the part of the bacteria that the antibiotic is targeting. Certain proteins that get mutated 
sometimes will not pick up the antibiotic and thus will not cause the antibiotic to kill the bacteria or the germ. The other way is that if a certain bacteria already has resistance, and this has been proven from science, scientists looking at the intestinal bugs, the bugs in the uh, people who have died sometimes 150 to 200 years ago, those bugs already have resistance to antibiotics in them, and these antibiotics that they're resistant to weren't even invented until the last 20, 50 years. So how could someone have re developed resistance before the antibiotic was even produced? Therefore, there is no new information being produced. It's just recycling of old information. The bias that's being shown by the evolutionists trying to look at this is a religious one, and they'll never admit to that. But it's a religious jump in faith. Yes, variation occurs, mutations occur, adaptability of organisms occur. But never do you see one body form change into another body form. Correct. Which the Bible talks about as the kinds. But they, and I had a huge discussion over several months with an evolutionist one time who got pointed at me by a state board member, a state school board member, who was going to try and educate me on being a correct evolutionist. And I continually ask him, how do you know that these changes add up to a totally different organism being produced, that there are not limits on how far something can vary or mutate or change? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that's, that's just the way it is. That he would come back with no scientific argument whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Have we ever seen one body type change into another? And the answer is no, but you would never get them to, to verbalize that. Right. Terry, what are your thoughts on this? <clears throat> well, of course, they're committing a logical fallacy. Uh, they're equivocating on the term evolution. Uh, you know, we're talking about, as you pointed out, are they talking about little changes or are they talking about little changes adding up to big changes? So they're actually committing another no-no by extrapolating, I, in my engineering management classes, I was taught by my instructors that when you start extrapolating data, you're in dangerous territory. And the Darwinists are extrapolating to the nth degree when they look at little changes in bacteria and say you can start out with a simple single cell organism and go to all of life on this planet. But I think in the, the bigger picture, again, this is the problem is, that this is just emblematic of a bigger problem, that people are not being taught to look critically at the general theory of evolution or Darwinian evolution, but you know they sure look critically at the Bible. Uh, which we've talked about, and, and where are they going to learn to look critically at the journal theory of evolution, or uh, the Discovery Channel, uh, National Geographic in school, Time Magazine. So that's where we come in, and church needs to partner with us. So if you're out there and, and your church is not teaching your, the parishioners in your church to think critically about this issue, contact us and we can help.
Yeah. Again, they're not going to get it from all these sources that are in lockstep, and the church has to step in. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Of course, what the scientists love about bacteria is they have short lifespans. They can trade genetic information via plasmids. And you can witness multiple generations in a short period of time. So you can see a lot of variation. But again, as we said before, bacteria are still bacteria. Superbugs are only super in an antiseptic environment. If they have to get out there in competition with others, they're not super anymore (laughs) in any way. But let's get back to true science. Science is what we can observe. Science is what we can manipulate and see what happens when we do experiments, etc. What do we observe? Dogs vary widely, but dogs are still dogs. They don't become cats or elephants. Cats vary widely, but they're all part of the cat kind. Elephants have variation, but they're all part of the elephant kind. Bears vary widely but they're still parts of the bear kind. This fits within the biblical framework, what we see, what we can actually observe. That's science, folks, and it's also biblical. Any other thoughts? Well, if the body plan varies too much from the norm, it's always in a detrimental way. It's, it's interesting um, how the Darwinists will use variations. They've been able to to get to happen in fruit flies by radiating them generation after generation after generation. Oh, you talk about child abuse. What <laughs> we've done to fruit flies over the years. Go ahead. But anyway, the variations that they're using as proof of how you can change a body plan are like legs where the antenna should be or extra wings that don't have any muscles to power the wings. So it's they've never been able to produce a mutated fruit fly that would survive outside of the lab. But this is their answer to how you can add genetic information and create new body plans. Your point is well made. Their idea, and again it's extrapolation, which is a dangerous thing to do with data, is that these variations, these changes are going to add up eventually. They've never seen it, but eventually it's it's going to change the whole body part or the body plan. Let's just take the English bulldog as an example. English bulldog is a variation of dog. It's an extreme species. Very often their heads are so big they have to be delivered by cesarean section. That is not going in a positive direction because most bulldogs cannot carry out a cesarean section for themselves. Okay, This is not going to promote the species and move it towards a different body plan. This is going to limit it. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday 
of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.